high as a kite. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another week of Eavesdropping. With me, Geordie Gron, and you... Michelle. Hello. <laughs> Here she is. Now, Michelle's just confessed to me that she's had a couple of little lemonade, brown lemonades, haven't you, Michelle? No, I have not. I've had bubbles. Honestly, I'm a bit pissed. <laughs> I've had a few champagnes. It's been oh, very nice. Gosh. Honestly, if you can't, if you can't have champagne during lockdown, when you're going to have it? So. Well, I can't because I'm dry this January. Oh Jesus, mm. you're a dry little bitch I'm now. Very dry. Very very dry. Yeah, yeah. Well. Talking of pissed. You peed your pants. No. Already? No. We've only just started. <laughs> no. Ben Mendelssohn. <gasps> Is he upset with us? I have to say, can I apologise? Can I start with an apology? No, you want to say something first? Well, no, what I was going to say. You can apologise. Go, go. I feel really bad because um, I said last week that he might have been a dickhead. Not me. I didn't say that. I heard that second hand, third hand even. Then we went and watched some interviews with him because, oh, well, I couldn't find the TV program I said I was going to watch, which was a country practice with him in it. I was kind of glad because it would have been boring. But I did watch some interviews with him, recent ones, and he seems so lovely. Ben, I'm a, I apologise. I think you well, seem like a lovely a... guy and <laughs> he's at home in a pair of tracky dacks, which is what I'm wearing right now. Oh, do you know what? I'm not in the robe. I'm in a pair of jeans and... Believe it or not, leg warmers. <laughs> and you've got I've a headband. I've got band. leg warmers on. You look like I do. Uh... I've got a headband on. <laughs> I could be Olivia Newton-John. Very. Anyway. Let's get physical. Physical. <laughs> I want to get physical. So why I was talking about being pissed, because obviously I actually did not plan on having those champagnes before we recorded this. Unplanned. But speaking of Ben Mendelsohn mm. and pissed, after you said you were going to watch country practice yes and then you didn't sorry and then you watched interviews instead I thought well I'm going to watch some too and not joking I would say 75% of the interviews that I watched with him he was fucking pissed really he was smashed yeah go Ben go Bendles I mean that but he just cracked me up because he was just fucking pissed he said I'm like this talking in the interview and he's so Australian I just thought that was an Australian oh, accent. You know, I've got one. No. Yeah, well, do you know what? There was this one where he was um, talking. It, it was for baby teeth. So I actually watched <gasps> No, I'm going to watch that. I did watch it. Okay. I watched it last night. Oh, I was going to watch it last night. Oh, well, you didn't. Damn it. Um, so I watched it because, honestly, I'd seen him do this interview. And he was he was just so fucking smashed he was pissed it was so funny I, I was just laughing it. going I love you Ben I love you and do you know what he's so charismatic <laughs> well, he is I think you've fallen for Mendelssohn haven't you no Bendel no. I like to call him Bendels I think that's the right Bendels. that's the right nickname Bendels. for him yeah well apparently they call him Mendo I don't, I don't like that. That sounds like menopause. I prefer Bendels. <laughs> ben, Bendels? Mm. What is it, Bendels? <laughs> well, there you go. So do you know what? I just thought he was – I was watching all those Bendels uh, interviews. I thought he was charismatic. I thought he was natural. I yeah. thought he was a good Aussie. He's a good Aussie bloke. I think he'd be he's fun to, to drink with and fun to chat with on this podcast. So please, Bendels, come on. 
Get in touch, I'd love mate. to know what his tipple is as well. I, th- I think it's the brown lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> so, apologies. Any yeah, more? Apologies. I think there's probably tons from last week's QAnon episode, but hey, we are a mine of misinformation and you're just going to have to deal with that. If you're going to be eavesdropping on us, then you're just going to have to deal with the fact that we get shit wrong. I'm not sure we did get too much wrong. Look, I think Who the need- fuck is George Soros? Well, this is the thing. And that who the hell is Melinda Ga- Melissa Gates? That must I be the Melinda. youngest sister of Melinda Gates. Apologies <laughs> for getting that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, George Soros. I mean, it was a bit embarrassing. I was like, I don't know who he is. Do you know? No. So yeah, I did. I did he's look. Got some money. He bought some things. He yeah. All right. So it turns out he is this. He's basically the most generous philanthropist in the world, yes. according to Forbes. And uh, he's donated $32 billion, that's with a B, mm. billion, to these things called Open Society Foundations all around the world. And are they? They promote justice, uh-huh. education, public health, independent media. So he's, he's a good guy. He sounds like the sort of guy that should be arrested for crimes against, what, what were they arresting them for? Humanity. Crimes <laughs> against humanity. I mean, for fuck's sake, I've had enough. Had enough. Do you know what, though? Do you know what? So he did, however... He was the guy that broke the Bank of England back yes. in the 92 currency crash. I read that. So that's how he made his money. Mm. However, misery. He's, trying, misery. he's trying to make good by giving it all away. I mean, dude's 90, you know. Oh. He hasn't got long for this world. Maybe. I just I found know. out that Henry Kissinger's still alive. <gasps> did you hear? Did you read today? Did you get that alert about Phil Spector? Phil Spector's Spector dro- popped his clogs, yeah. Oh, well. He wasn't a good guy. No. Not a good guy. Anyway, um, another apology. This yeah. is just to the listeners. Apparently. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, listeners. But apparently, I say apparently too much. <laughs> apparently this. Have apparently, you, apparently, apparently. Have you had some complaints <laughs> about your apparently's? Yeah. Well, just do. I mean, I have had the misfortune of listening back to the first three minutes of the last episode and I was like, apparently, 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 apparently. Oh, God. So. Perhaps in future, because we will have to say apparently and allegedly a lot in this podcast, I'm assuming. So yeah. perhaps you could do it slightly differently by saying, like I just said, apparently, or you could say apparently or something like that, or apparently. You could just change it up. Apparently. 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 Apparently, parent, I don't know. There's lots of different ways you could try and say it, Michelle. Just mix it up. Or just not say it at all. Or not you know? say it. Just don't say not it. say it at all. No. So look, another thing. Mm. We uh, we just skipped over the 5G theory last episode. Probably because we don't understand it. Well, I did a little digging. I mean, what is, I did do what a, is a G? Digging. What's a G? 5G. What is a G? What's a 4G? What's a 3G? I don't know. Where's the but, two and the one? Well, who cares? We're up to five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with the iPhone updates. You don't care about the one before. Anyway, um, look, 5G conspiracy theory. Like I said, Jen, who apparently, <laughs> there I say it again, apparently didn't really like last week's oh, episode very sorry, much. sorry, Jen. Jeez. Don't, tough crowd. She, yeah, I know. She's, she's tough. She said she liked the chit-chat and then... She didn't enjoy the 5G, I mean the 5G, the uh, QAnon. The, the QAnon stuff. And then 
just as we were wrapping up the Q&A stuff, stuff and getting ready to go back into the episode, we finished. But so th- she wasn't happy. Does she not understand that? The- Hang on. <laughs> it was. The episode is us chatting about things like QAnon or Crowley. No, but or- she likes the chit chat. She just didn't like the QAnon chit chat. Oh, but it, I found it interesting. Didn't you find it? In- well, look, it doesn't matter. And Jen, we had sorry. quite. A, we had yeah. Sorry. Actually, speaking of mums. I'm I'm friends with Robin on Facebook. Oh yes, my mum will make friends with anyone. <laughs> oh my god! I thought I was special. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. And she won't know because she can't. She's got she's got five G problems of her own. She can't get in the internet at the moment, so she's not been listening. So well, in the in the five seconds that she actually had internet, she friend requested me. That's fabulous. So there you go. I'm glad Hi, my mum's made friends with you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, look, I don't know if I can be bothered going into all this 5G stuff. Fuck it. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Maybe we could save that for another episode or an extra droppings or something. Ooh, okay. Because we've got a lot to talk about today, Michelle. We do have a lot to cover. Mm. A lot to cover. And really, we owe this topic today to you. Thank you. Because I, (laughs) I had mentioned that I had seen weird lights in the sky yes here in in Zermatt and you picked it up and ran with it yeah I did so today's topic is lights in the sky (laughs) by Michelle and Geordie one two three go (laughs) Michelle no tell me what did you actually see? Did you tell us about it at the time or did you gloss over it? No, no, look. I, yeah, I know you were shoving few... crisps in your mouth and quaffing champagne at the time on your balcony in the shadow of the Toblerone mountain. No, look, I touched on this a few episodes ago when I said that Andreas and I saw weird lights in the sky. Um, but also we saw weird lights in the snow. And huh? look, I'm, well, yeah, I'm just going to give you some background to sort of where... Where I saw these lights. Okay. So, to give you some context, um, Zermatt is in the Swiss Alps. It's 1,620 metres above sea level. So, it's really fucking high. Mm. And this is just the village, right? We have the highest ski lift in Europe here. And that's at 3,899. So, again, is really that, fucking is high. Is that feet or metres? Or I'm just meters. joking because I haven't a clue. You'll have meters. to tell me 3,000 metres. What is that equivalent to? Is that like a drive to the shops or is that a drive to London from Wales? Put it this way. Three kilometres is from Sydney to Canberra. Three? Sorry, sorry 300. <laughs> Who's got maths problems <laughs> now? <laughs> me. <laughs> 300 kilometers. So how high is your mountain? How high are you actually, Michelle, right now, personally? Nearly <laughs> nearly nearly 4 kilometers. Ah, it's Put a it cat. this way. Okay. Right. It's it's fucking high. This yeah. is a high fucking mountain, right? So we're really close to the sky. We kind of just realized out of to the to the left of the village. And this is not in winter, so there weren't any piston bullies. And piston bullies are the small trucks that like groom the pistes in winter. So you always see these lights on the mountain. They what? They groom the piste. Groom. Look, when you ski, you can't you can't just leave the piste to be like to let nature <laughs> do its thing. You know, there are trucks that actually and like machines that that smooth out the piece so you've got a nice smooth area to to ski oh. on but anyway it it wasn't winter there were no piston bullies 
and it was on the wrong side of the mountain where there are no peaks. And we were looking and we're like, why the fuck is the snow like glowing? Like literally glowing. There was this one. It what was color? like a, a weird yellowy white glow in the snow. And there was nothing around. Nothing else Do you around. know what? That, that reminds me. Michelle reminds me. Must never eat the yellow snow. Okay? We have a lot of piss holes in the snow here. Let me tell Make you. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So this light was emanating from the snow. It was. It was like it was fluorescent, and we were like, "What the fuck is that?" And even Andreas, who he's a man of science, he doesn't believe in any of this shit. Even he was like, "Wow, what the fuck is that? I've never seen that before." Then we saw all of these points of light. Um, they were very specific points, but they were quite closely uh, confined. So, and around it was this this glowing snow, and uh, you know it was quite far away from us. And like I say, it was on the uninhabited side of the mountain. There's no pistes. Nobody lives up there. It's not really a hiking trail. It was just fucking weird I look I've, d- I've done a little digging into what it might have been but I'm telling you right now I know what I saw and it was really fucking strange so hang on what were the lights doing were they were they was there more than one yellow light were, you said that there were a few different lights but I couldn't quite follow what they were actually doing could you see them making patterns no. in the snow in the so sky the lights ha- were look there were there were lights above strange lights in the sky but there were also pinpoints mm. of light that looked like they were hovering above the snow part of the mountain so it could have been like a, like you, you would have imagined that there was a craft or something hovering and that's the source of the light yes that's what it seemed to be like at the time and honestly we we asked our friends nobody saw anything we asked around I mean Andreas now is like oh it was probably just hikers it wasn't fucking hikers you know it was weird I mean this this town is where Mm. people from all around the world come here to climb the Matterhorn to ski to hike you know it wasn't fucking that because if it was we would see these lights all the time this was something else. And yeah. I and I often see unidentified lights in the sky. Anything like what you saw before though? Have no. you seen that? I, I, no, similar? I saw Have that, you seen only that again. Once, and it was so weird and so arrestingly like freaky that I've never forgotten it. But like I said, I see weird lights in the sky here all the time. Now, I mm. I did a little bit of digging about what this could be. So anyway, I don't know what it was, but it, they say here in Switzerland, and look, maybe it could be Europe. Maybe it's the same for the UK. I don't know. Planet Venus is actually the most commonly reported UFO sighting but what it is it's the brightest planet after the sun and the moon and apparently if you see Venus it's always much brighter than any other star in the sky and I have seen I mean when I like I said I think last time the stars are here are so low you really feel like you could just grab one and put it in your pocket it is the the sky is incredible Amazing. here and the stars are so bright but there there have been times where I've been like that's not a fucking star what the fuck is that? I don't think it's Venus, but 
they say do you feel scared michelle never, when you see those things i never things? feel scared by those things i'm always fascinated but they mm. say that when venus is about to pass through the sun and the earth not literally but be- between them um it can appear low in the sky and shines even more brightly and look maybe every now and again the light that i think i see that is weird could be that but i don't think so i don't attribute all these lights that i continually see to being venus and i also did some other digging and i found this story online this is from 2016 it was somebody else who saw weird shit here in Zermatt. so basically this dude was with his mum he went out for a walk to the outskirts of town which probably took him about two minutes because the town's so fucking small and he went down this dirt path and he saw a blue flash out of the corner of his eye. He said it wasn't a camera. There was no movement of any kind. And then he looked to his left and then above him saw a UFO. So at first he thought it was an airplane, but then it started getting brighter. And then it started getting closer to him. And he realized, fuck, this is not an aircraft. Whoa. Yeah. And then there was light shining from it and no noise, like no sound at all. Oh so God. obviously it was not a, a, an, an airplane or a helicopter. And the thing is that we have, we have Airzomat here, which is um, the local helicopter service. And they do everything. Like if, you're, if you have a, a crash on the mountain or an accident, you get picked up by helicopter because you can't get up to these you know, fucking heights, except by by heli. And, you know, like, it's all helicopter. The thing is, they're fucking loud. This made no sound. So this guy said that it was like 25 feet away from him and it began glowing brighter. And What was the colour again? Sorry to interrupt. What colour was it? He said there was a blue spark uh-huh. that caught his eye and then it was just glowing light. He doesn't say... Oh, actually, he does bright white lights. And then he said he freaked out and kind of ran off, but his mum kept watching it. And before he ran off, he saw it change direction mm. and then zoop, just fucking go. Oh, God, I thought you were going to say it was following him. And I felt a shiver just then. Yeah, but that Jen told me a story about lights <gasps> following. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it was actually a relative of ours and they were living out near Gundaroo. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Gundaroo is, is a small, tiny place in the middle of nowhere outside of Canberra. And I, I believe that I went there once while I was on a holiday from the UK and I have never been so frightened. I had image, I was driving on my own to go and collect Paddy from visiting someone at a, a remote place out there and I really felt like... Wolf Creek. Oh, God. I felt like somebody was going to have me in their sights. But it was fucking scary out there. I mean, there is not a light, not a sound anywhere. And so our relative ended up living out there at one point. And apparently she was driving in the car with her mate back to their house and they got chased by lights in the sky all the way. And it freaked her the fuck out. And they're sure it wasn't a car tailgating them? No. Bloody hell. No, 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 no. Actually, I have really weird information about things like things happening in that kind of manner 
um, around mm-hmm. Lake George. Now, for anyone who doesn't know about Lake George... That's the disappearing lake, isn't it? It is. And look, Lake George is this crazy dry lake uh, just outside of Canberra. Probably, what, like 40 minutes drive outside of Canberra, an hour? And look, most of the most of the weird UFO sightings happen on on that stretch of road, on the Federal Highway, where you've got... Lake George right there. I, it's, weirdly, it's known as the Bermuda Triangle of, well, New South Wales, <laughs> which, <laughs> is, <laughs> which doesn't really say that much. I did some, some Googling on Lake George. What, did, hang on, does that mean that people actually go missing or cars go missing? All sorts of weird shit. What? Yeah, weird shit happens around Lake George. So I'm just I'll do. I'll give a little background. So, Lake George is a lake with no water in it. Uh, look, I remember, and you might have heard this theory too, that uh, when Lake George was full of water, there was some lake in Japan that was empty, and then oh. when that lake in Japan was full, Lake George was empty. But apparently, this hmm. is not true. Could be a myth. Well, it That's is a urban urban legend. Turns out to be bullshit. The lake. Apparently it's large. Well, it is large, but there's no no water flowing into it. So when it fills up, it evaporates quickly. So fake. Fun fact two, the lake was named after Governor Macquarie in 1820 after King George. And who played King George? (gasps) Ben Edison. Anyway, uh, and another fun fact, Lake George was meant to be the site for the new capital city. Oh. Yeah, that was meant to be where Canberra was. Canberra. Yeah, because the urban planners wanted it to be the Venice of Australia. So they were oh. going to create like this whole kind <laughs> of half on water, half on land kind of thing. But, when, but then they realised that it wasn't holding any water. Yeah, the developers went there and there was nothing Venice. there. So dry as a bone. Yeah. But look, it's an eerie place and... You know, there are loads of rumours around Lake George, but the main ones are that there, there are a lot of UFO sightings and also people supposedly have reported seeing a ghostly hitchhiker. Huh? Yeah, and there's a lake monster, but I think that's all bullshit. No! No, How I know, there be I know, a lake I know. Monster? I know. Like a Loch Ness, because he'd be like, you'd see the whole thing. I know, he'd be a like dried up little shriveled snaky. Yeah, nothing, a little bit of nothing. It'd be a puff of air, but um, yeah. So, but it, look, if you go online, there's loads of anecdotes, and I found some weird, weird stories. So, and this this actually just reminded me of when you were saying about tail tail lights and people, you know, mm. like behind you, and well, could it just be car lights? And actually, that reminded me of um, do you remember that Steven Spielberg movie Duel? No. It's about a truck driver with no driver who who terrorizes someone on the road. Anyway, wow, made for TV movie. Oh, I think I do know that one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so there's this story of this person who was driving past Lake George. It was around nine o'clock at night. They were coming back from Sydney back to Canberra, so they were changing lanes from the outer lane to the inner lane. When out of nowhere, there were lights right up the back of their car. Right up their ass. Right up their ass. And they heard like a weird beeping noise. Um, so they slowed down because they were kind of pissed off. <gasps> I'd and be thinking, Rutger Hauer, the hitchhiker. I'd get out. <laughs> I'd just put my foot down. So they slowed down and they were kind of like fucking 
annoyed that this this car was right up their ass. Then when they slowed down and looked in the review review, review mirror, yeah. nothing there. Oh, they were, and it just vanished. They were kind of Scary. in shock. Look, mainly people say they see UFOs on the eastern side of the lake. It's so when you're on the federal highway. You know, it's it. You really can see like this big, dry crater, and people say they see yellow-coloured lights. Which, again, people say, "Oh, it's Venus," but I just can't get behind that theory. And then there used to be a sand mine in Bungendore. I didn't know this, but they say, "Oh, it could have been the bright lights from the sand mine." Mm-hmm. But there's one in particular. This one story that people are still perplexed by and it happened in 1996 um, near Collector. Do you know where Collector is? No idea. Yeah, it's around. Great name. Yeah, I know. It a is. little bit sci-fi. It is, isn't it? The Collector. Collector. So this mum and her daughter were driving past Lake George on Federal Highway when they both, both of them, they both saw not one but two UFOs land in a paddock adjacent to Lake George and they say it was this huge like orb with rows of colored lights and it hovered above their fucking car and there were sparks underneath the UFO and coming like towards Mm. them. I don't like it. Not one bit, Michelle. I've got a couple of stories here from the United States of America, eh? and they are very reminiscent of this. And I tell you, I'm not happy about telling them. Well, tell. I want to know. Have you finished telling me all about Lake George? Well, there's this other guy. This is from 1992. He says he's never had this experience before, but he was driving home about 2 a.m. from uh, from Canberra. So I guess he's going to Sydney so he was Mm. he was driving past Lake George this all fucking happens when people are passing Lake George so then he says he became aware of a really steady bright light behind him a few kilometers away and he thought well it's not a fucking star so then he thought oh maybe it's like a small aircraft but as he got closer to the light and this was like 200 feet in front of him um and 200 feet like to be in that car yeah, but no. he what this dude wasn't scared because he said it was like 200 feet in the air um, and it was absolutely motionless. Didn't move, didn't make any sound uh, and it was perfectly round. He kept driving till he was directly underneath it. Then he turned off the engine, got out of the car. Oh, God. And stood in the cold because you know how fucking cold it is along there. Late. Can't remember. Oh, man. Well, it's I don't always know, fucking freezing. It's freezing around there. It always is. And he got out of the car and just looked up at it. And he said it was really bright, absolutely still, with no kind of sound coming from it at all. Not even a hum, nothing. Just perfectly silent. And he just Crikey. stood there watching it. And he said he waited for like 10 minutes because he thought. I want someone else to come by and verify this. I want, and normally there are loads of trucks and cars and all sorts yeah. on the federal highway. Nothing. <gasps> and so he said it's never been verified. No one else saw it, but he says he knows what he fucking saw. Mm. And it was a UFO. Oh my God, Michelle, I won't sleep tonight. Yes, that you reminds- will. <laughs> just tell you how, just have a glass of shampoo. <laughs> oh, no, I can't. I'm dry. That reminds me of when I was. 
uh, about 17, I was reading this book called Communion by Whitley Stryber. And I've mentioned it before. And it's about this guy is actually um, he is a scripture. Uh, no, he's a he wrote horror, horror, horror movies. No, he wrote horror fit. <laughs> <laughs> What, have you been drinking? <laughs> no, I haven't. He read. He wrote The Hunger, which was that vampire movie with David Bowie and Catherine Deneuve and Susan okay. Sarandon. Fabulous. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's so good. And he also wrote some other things as well, which I haven't written down. But he claimed to have been visited. But he released this book called Communion. You might know the book because it's got this picture of a grey on the front. It's quite. Famous. I think Jen had it. Right. Well, I had it when it came out, and. Uh, he basically he claims to have been visited by aliens all his life and he'd only realized this one day when he had kind of a he went to a hypnotist and it all came tumbling out and then he suddenly remembered being in being abducted from a wood woodland cabin one christmas when he was a child oh my and god then he, and he has memories of uh, going to school with them and everything i going yeah, all this what? kind of crazy stuff i'm not going to go into it because i I didn't do enough research and I can't quite remember. So this wasn't fiction? No, he claims it was absolutely true. And it was so chilling reading it. I, I used to find it very difficult to sleep at night when I was reading this book. And it was a long time ago. Hence, I can't remember all the details. But I do remember that at one point, my friends and I, who were really into it, would would talk about it. And apparently, there I don't even know if he mentioned it in the book, but he feels that he was chosen because he is you know out he's out there he's got a voice because he's published and taken seriously and he's got movies like there was the movie with Christopher Walken made about the film and uh he feels that people like Spielberg were also visited and also have that in their in their memories locked away and that's why he's made so many amazing films and it's... he's trying to get it so that the aliens are trying to slowly get us warmed up to the whole idea that they're out there well For funny example... well funny you should talk about close encounters did you look into close encounters yes oh. i did so steven spielberg's childhood he he and his father watched a meteor shower in new jersey and then when he was 18 he finished his uh he based that I think he based that experience I can't remember on his on his first full length science fiction film which was called Firelight and a lot of the film themes from that were used shot by shot for Close Encounters and also in 1970 he wrote a short story entitled Experiences about a lover's lane in a midwestern farming community and there was a light show that a group of teenagers witnessed so that's all I've got have you got more stuff about Spielberg yes honestly Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So, look, I didn't know this, but Steven Spielberg actually wrote that film. He wrote it. Yeah, I know. I knew that. See, I knew he directed it. I didn't know yeah. that he wrote and directed it. Yeah, yeah. And that's look, what I'm saying. So, Stryber is, is saying that that's why people, auteurs and people who've got, you know, such a loud voice in Hollywood and mainstream uh, do uh, uh, have been visited and that's why he's getting his story out there. He's kind of obsessed with the supernatural in various ways. I mean, just... E.T.? Yeah, look at his films. Like, so Close Encounters. He wrote Poltergeist. He wrote The Goonies. He directed E.T. Directed Twilight Zone, the movie. Gremlins. Back to the Future. Men in Black. AI. He's fucking doing... He likes it. He loves that shit. And do you know what? He's made a fortune out of it. Like, he's... Yeah. Probably the most famous director of all time. Close Encounters of, of the Third Kind 
came out 1977. My parents loved that film. Loved it. My mum and dad would make that weird tabletop shape. That oh, tabletop mountain shape in the mashed potato on their plate. A step too far, I think. Yeah, but they loved it. They would always well, be the like kids were doing crying that. in that scene. Oh, God. So, look, anyone who hasn't seen this film, and I really only have a vague memory of this. I just remember certain key scenes. I really want to rewatch it, actually. Maybe that's something for tonight. I've seen it a lot. Oh, have you? I've only ever seen mm. it, like, way, 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 decades ago. Oops. I love it. And so, anyway... Basically, Richard Dreyfus. I don't even remember his character's name. He's the main dude in it, main character. He sees yeah. a UFO. He's obsessed, starts having weird dreams about this mountain and UFOs and aliens and stuff. Discovers that there's a cover-up. You know, the US government is covering it all mm. up. And there is indeed. A little boy gets taken as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and he teams up with Terry Gar, the mother of the little boy who's been taken because the little boy is also obsessed. Ah, and he's okay. making little little things out of plasticine. And somehow he and Terry Gar, the mother of this little boy, get to know each other. And they're kind oh. of on the same side trying to, you know, okay, find well, out what's go. going on. So, yeah. so basically, the US government are doing a cover-up on aliens. And should we do a spoiler alert about what happens in the end? What, did they land? Well, yeah, they land and there's a classic John, yeah, exactly, that John Williams. <laughs> Something like that anyway. <laughs> Maybe not quite. So anyway, anyone who hasn't seen the movie, like cover your ears. But basically Richard Dreyfuss uh, ends up getting on the UFO and leaves his wife and kids to live with the aliens. And they are greys. They are the classic greys with the long fingers and the big old heads. They There's two types. There's little ones that come out and they deliver the little boy back. And then there's bigger ones, tall ones with the long arms and stuff. And that Ooh. is what is always repeated in any kind of alien abduction tale that you will hear. I'm going to tell you about another film that came out that I didn't see. And it's based on a man's experience called Travis Walton. Fire in the Sky. Did you see that? No. It was in... I can't remember when it came out. Uh, it was about a bunch of loggers in 1975 in Arizona and they see a light in the sky. Okay. And I don't know what the details. I can't remember. Uh, but they stop their pickup truck and I think they even get out of their car a bit like your chap who was, you know, looking at the thing in Lake, Lake George. George. But then one of them, <clears throat> one of them gets abducted and disappears for five days. Now, these guys are being, the rest of them, is this a movie uh, be, based on a true story or just a... It's a movie based on on the, on the experiences of a man called Travis Walton right. and his four or five uh, pals. I think you did say that. As well. <laughs> I, did, I don't know if I did. But anyway, so they think that his friends have murdered him. And so the police are involved and they've they've got... They're all passing lie detectors saying, no, he just... Or they, maybe they couldn't remember what had happened to him. But then eventually after five days, he turns up naked, dehydrated and incoher oh incoherent. Yeah. And it's not until he's at a welcome home party that he has this flashback breakdown kind of thing in the film. And this is where it kind of... A bit of artistic license comes into play because I don't think this actually happened I don't know but he remembers suddenly aliens performing all kinds of awful experiments on <gasps> him and he was kept in a cocoon that he broke out of and he sees lots more of these cocoons full of bodies and in one of them there's even a decomposing body that's a shocking scene oh my god but, um, it's what we do it's what, what we do to mice we do this is like aliens doing to us what we do to mice oh I know anyway 
Travis uh, Walton, he wrote, then wrote a book called The Walton Experience. Uh, and then he had the it all dramatized for the, mu- the movie. Yeah. So uh, it was, a, they had it here. Here's the information. They encountered a saucer shaped object hovering above the ground approximately 110 feet away. Now, I don't know what that is in kilometers or kilos even. I don't know. Feet? What? <laughs> just trying to, just checking to see if you're listening. It was making, it was making a noise, a high pitched buzz. But hmm. so then he was the one that left the truck and approached the object and then a beam of light appeared from nowhere and knocked him out and he can't remember anything. And the other six men were so frightened, they, they supposedly drove away. Uh, and then he remembers waking up in a hospital-like room, being observed by three short, bald creatures. And he claimed he fought with them until a human wearing a helmet led Walton to another room where he blacked out as three other humans put a clear plastic mask over his face. Walton has claimed he remembers nothing else until he found himself walking along the, the highway five days later with a flying saucer departing from above him. So that's where his... A lot of people consider that to be a, a hoax, but he sure has made some money out of books and media interviews. <laughs> and that's why they think so. But, I mean, it could have been true. Who knows? Well, look, I think what's interesting about that story is that police got involved and basically thought the mates murdered him. Yeah. So he, he did was missing, missing for five days. And that, yeah, ah, absolutely. And look, this is before social media when it was kind of, you know, easier to get this, you know, to make money out of stuff. I mean, that would take a lot of engineering and a lot of organisation yeah. to fake your own alien abduction. Was, was an anal probe mentioned? No, the anal probe wasn't mentioned at that point. But that was definitely mentioned in Whitley's driver's book. I remember that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But listen to this one, right, Michelle? This one really knocked my socks off. Okay. Have you heard about the incident at Fort Benning? No. Okay. It was in Georgia. Oh, I don't like this at all. Georgia, USA, September 1, 1977. Soldiers at Delta Company experienced something very strange and upsetting, but most of the Fifteen hundred men had no memory of the incident. Can I just pause you right there? So, Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out. Third Kind came out nineteen seventy-seven. Right. You just mentioned another story that I was late seventies, seventy-five, seventy-five, and now yeah. we've got another seventy-seven. There yeah. is something going on in the late seventies with UFOs yeah. here. Continue. <gasps> Oh, that's interesting because I just saw something interesting today on a documentary. But anyway, basically, new recruit John Vasquez is the one whose story, he's the one who who is going to tell the story, which will become apparent later. Why? Anyway, he recalls that evening because ma- uh, there was a mandatory assembly called for after dinner, which was a surprise. It's not something they usually did. So the men, there was like 1,300 recruits, officers and maintenance workers all marched out into a field because this is quite a remote fort, Fort Benning in Georgia. So they're all out in this remote field and they stood to attention awaiting the message from their captain. Just after 8pm, soldiers began to look up at the sky when they spotted a slow-moving star circling in the sky and blinking lights on and off and then it disappeared. So because of the bit of a ripple in the company, they're all looking up and wondering what the hell was going on. Eventually, the men were called to attention an hour after they arrived in the field. Then suddenly everything went nuts. Okay. This massive gust of wind went through the assembled men and Vasquez saw a giant luminous ball of light hovering above the heads of the next squad over from them. And he couldn't figure out what it was, but he noticed the squad were either running 
or staring transfixed at the light, like looking up at it, like. So okay. yeah. But he so he's a bit confused. He turned to his his buddy and said, "What the hell's going on?" But he discovered the man next to him was unconscious, but standing what? to attention still. Yeah. Suddenly, oh. Vasquez found himself slipping into a state of unconsciousness <gasps> as well. And when he awoke, he found himself stuck in place with his chin stuck to his chest, like this other guy. And they were just like that. Yeah. Uh, and they were both paralyzed, but he could hear all this mayhem around. Then he spotted a friend of his from another company running towards him. And he did his best to get a fucking scream out. He was just like, because he was awake, but he was paralyzed. And he tried his best to make a noise. And he was like, help me. Oh, my God. So eventually this guy stopped. He he realized he grabbed Vasquez, dragged him off. And as he was dragging him, Vasquez suddenly was able to move his legs again. So they were running, 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 running. So he uh, then... Ran, the bunch of them searched for a hiding space. They they noticed the other men crawl, uh, climbing into a crawl space under the barracks. So they did that as well. And then there was this smaller, quicker ball of light flashing about, going swooping in and out like a searchlight. There was a, I think there was a general who saw them and said, stay down, guys, shush. And then he went into another barrack. And then that light went in there. Vasquez got out. He thought, I have to see what's going on. I have to make sure this guy's all right. Fuck. So he went into the other barracks and found him found the the general to be unconscious oh. and then a bu- like and, and like what had happened to the mate yeah yeah exactly the men couldn't figure out what was going on they thought is it a drill is it the russians but why would how would the russians know where they were it was just really weird then they heard this metallic screaming sound from outside it was a horrific noise uh they went outside to have a look and they discovered it was the frozen soldiers repeating the word mummy over what? and over again i what? know <laughs> Oh, I my God. They're scared out of their fucking minds. So anyway, the group then retreated into the barracks when, when they came across a medium-sized ball of light searching. And they, eventually they were discovered by this medium-sized kind of like search light. Okay. That's when Vasquez hears this woman's voice. It's inhuman but metallic and it's soothing and it's in his head. And he can hear this woman telling her him, it's all going to be okay, relax, just don't worry about it, it's fine. And he told the others and they said, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. We haven't heard anything. Okay. But the voice relaxed Vasquez and prompted him to come out from his hiding space. And as he walked towards the main glowing light, he, um, it, his hands started to disappear. They couldn't see his hands anymore as he walked towards the main big light that was shining down that caused all the mayhem. Okay. He became invisible as he was walking towards it. What? Then suddenly he was struck from behind and <gasps> lost consciousness. I know. Oh, my God. So there's, it's there's horrific. A, this evil, soothing woman, like, giving him, like, lulling him into a false sense of security. Yeah. <gasps> and then whack. Next thing you know, he woke up to find himself and two other soldiers floating on their backs and being beamed up into this giant orb. And now he's on the ship and he can hear that voice again, reassuring. But he was in a medical facility surrounded by row after row of fellow soldiers. Oh, my God. He, yeah. Then he hears the voice again and sees an alien who was telepathically communicating with him. She commanded him to sleep. Oh, this is the voice. Yeah. So she, he sees that she's an alien. She commands him to sleep telepathically. And he does. And when he wakes, when he wakes up, there are two more extraterrestrials prodding him. Oh my so they, god. Yeah. So, so they make he's him a lab rat. Him. He's a fucking lab rat. Again, yeah. So they make him look at them and then suddenly he can see all these visions. Like they kind of put visions into his head of what, what they're trying to tell him. And he sees a burning planet and he realizes it's not Earth, it must be their planet. And they told him they needed somewhere new to live. And he thought 
they weren't hostile. So they're perhaps, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, he fell asleep again and then was back in the field. Oh. Standing, standing to attention. And the captain was about to take the podium like nothing had happened. Like some weird kind of acid trip or a bad dream. I was going to say, that's a fucking acid flashback. Yeah. It reminds me of something. I'll tell you in a minute. He checked his watch and asked another soldier uh, and what the time was. So his, uh, the soldier, his, so sorry, Vasquez's watch was said it was 7.40, which is 20 minutes before the last time he checked his watch and right before the pandemonium. And the other soldier said 3.30 a.m. Then he sold, asked another one and he said it was 4.45 a.m. So they all had <gasps> different, different times mm. on their watches. Fuck. Yeah. So uh, I was going to say what this reminds me of. I'll, I'll tell you in a minute because I think I need to tell you more of the story. So then they were dismissed, but most of them fell to the ground with nausea and giddiness. <gasps> and they had to drag their asses back to the barracks. And then there were loads of soldiers that night, all ill with fevers and blotchy skin. Drinking and they could the also Kool-Aid. <laughs> they also felt like they were missing time. And they couldn't remember if the captain had even given the intended speech that they were all out there for. So then they were getting ready for bed, all of these soldiers. They noticed that their buttons had all been done up wrong. Their shoelaces were tied in impossible knots. No. All these things that a soldier oh would my... be completely hauled over the coals for. Yes. Fuck. But the superiors didn't seem to care. Oh. That night, loads of them woke up screaming from nightmares and a lot of the soldiers had continued to suffer from illnesses. So the next morning they woke up and they realised that they were late for breakfast and all of the things they have to do as soldiers so they quickly rushed out to the mess hall no one was there oh. and eventually they found their leaders but the day just progressed as normal like nothing had happened no reprimands nothing so most agreed most of these soldiers all agreed something strange had occurred but the higher-ups refused to discuss it okay fuck so well okay yeah. what's your theory on this well, there's more to the story, lots more to the story. Shit. But just quickly, I wanted to say, it reminds me of a film. Do you remember Tim Robbins' uh, Jacob's Ladder? Oh, God, oh, I haven't seen that. crazy film Have where I they're experimenting it? with, uh, they kind of rip this, they, they kind of, what happens? They can't remember what happens. They get given a drug or something in Vietnam War and they oh. absolutely kill the opposition terribly and each other i think it's in the end they discover they kill each other so maybe if you haven't seen jacob's ladder yes. sorry well i'm gonna see that honestly i've got to put all these things on my list it's insane anyway so during the time around this it, they notice that there's loads of power surges that also go un, unchecked by the commanders the platoon then another time after this was sent into the woods unaccompanied for routine missions which was unusual then when they finished their mission, they, they uh, go try to get back to the fort and they passed a camp of another battalion when they saw and then they passed, kept walking. And then suddenly it was like they saw the same trees that they saw as they were approaching, if you see what I mean. So they were leaving at this. They felt like they were leaving and arriving at the same time. OK. So they kept walking and then they arrived back at the same spot where they saw this battalion. But no one was there. Oh, Several minutes had gone by during this, but their clocks, their watches still showed that it was exactly noon. So they checked their maps and got themselves organized and tried to leave again. But this time the campsite, when they went around again, yeah. it, those soldiers were back. The, the people at the campsite were there again and it was still noon. So they're asking the guys. Groundhog, the groundhog hour. Yeah. And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. You've lost your mind. Fuck. Then 
shortly after, there was this, suddenly there was this new secretive female lieutenant who arrived who was a special psychiatrist. And one by one, she had them all come in. And uh, after she'd see them, they would all they would all be a little bit dazed and confused. And so he refused to go and see this woman. But eventually she sought him out and ordered him to be evaluated. So as they walked to her office, she brushed up against him and he felt a small prick. No! <laughs> He's a little prick. Yeah, so she, she wondered if she drugged him because then he lost control of his legs. Oh, my God. And had to be kind of dragged into her office. And then she was pro- he, she probed, probed him for information about <gasps> the night of September 1st, basically. Oh, my God. And he remembers mantra messages being repeated, like, leave behind the memories of that night and let go. He remembers that. So she was hypnotizing him. Mm. So uh, this is 1989, some years later. Vasquez, Vasquez still had nightmares and the memories began to return. And he got himself, uh, got hold of the records from that time. And there was no reports of anything apart from a measles outbreak. Okay. But he did then seek hypnotherapy and wrote a book and then did the rounds. And at that point, at some point, there was another guy who remembered it too. It was this commanding, uh, the commander, a sergeant, Command Sergeant James Norton. He came forward in 2011 with his recollection. Well, that was my next question. Has mm. I mean, there are obviously no hundreds of soldiers, but only... Or if they did, they didn't say. Right. Because he came to a sticky end. Norton Norton was still in... He was still working with uh, in the army at this time. And he remembered a, a lot of the information overlapped with Vasquez's information, except for the date. He remembered it being a different date, which is quite, ma- quite major. Okay. He thought it was the 14th, not the 1st. And he recalls being told that there was a joint attack weapon system or George test that would occur during that assembly, which would mean that they would use the use their firearms and attack the systems on the base, which I mean, maybe something went wrong or maybe I don't know. But Vasquez doesn't recall such a drill. Mm. And when he got the records, it uh, it it showed that nothing occurred and he was given a real runaround. Yeah, but you can't trust those records. No, you know, they're doctoring denied. Yeah. Of course. Norton insisted, though, that he had a hunk of metal that was recovered after the attack and it was impenetrable. He tried to beat, like to break it after the attack and never could. And it has an unknown language written on it, but he wouldn't let anyone see it. Mm. So is it bullshit or is it not? Basically, Norton complained of suspicious men and cars following him when he started coming out about all this stuff. Men and in black. Talking about it, yeah. And sadly, a few months later, he was found unconscious at his post and died a few days later from a combination of cancer and hepatitis C. So was he, you know, in a, a sick man, delusional or, you know, But what about this... Vasquez? What happened to him? I, he wrote a book. <laughs> you can read it, The Fort Bedding Incident. Yeah, right. Yeah. So who was? But he doesn't actually say if he thinks it was an alien abduction that was wiped from his, military, from his mind um, by the military. He has, he really is still questioning what it could have been but what do you could it think? have been mk ultra you know the cia were doing lsd based yeah testing on people around this, that time as well this is what i was going to say i i wonder if they were all kind of inadvertently subjected to some kind of testing experiment yeah i think that's drugs. more likely yeah mm. i think that's more likely to or was it the measles outbreak that caused skin rashes, illness, and delirium? That's it. Oh, so, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God. But can you imagine? But it's really interesting. All of this stuff happens under a hypnosis. They remember mm. things. But if that was I you... I mean, but this goes back to false memories too. 
Yeah. Do you remember we did this episode where... We did. It, I do remember. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. But, oh, fuck, that would be absolutely terrifying. Yeah. To feel like that happened to you. Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the, so there's lights in the sky uh, on TV programs all the time, like the, the Osbournes want to believe, one of my favourite reference points Never seen it. Phenomena. Well, <laughs> look, I mean, obviously satellites, they say lights satellites, in the sky. sky weather balloons. Weather balloons, weather phenomena, moving stars, mm-hmm. SpaceX, Elon Musk. Yep. Um, but also this thing called atmospheric turbulence. Did you look into that? No. Okay. So it's apparently like different temperature layers in the atmosphere can make a star that's already low in the sky seem even brighter and give mm. it sort of erratic movement. And astronomers and, and like stargazers, whatever, they see this kind of star and it's definitely one of the more popular explanations for weird lights in the sky or UFO sightings. Yeah. But... I don't think that's what I saw. Well, there's also things like when the the last few seconds before the sun sets, its light can turn bright green and there's a green flash caused by basically a mirage. Now, Paddy and some friends saw lights above the horizon in Hastings. Okay. Because I asked, you know, has anyone else seen this? And he said his sister and him and a couple of friends had seen some. They weren't uh, drunk or anything else, apparently. Maybe a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> but one of them wasn't because they were driving and they recall this as well. One of the friends told me that she recalls seeing these lights like dancing about in unison. Oh, my God. Kind of like vibrating. And it was a real show for quite a while and it really, you know, put the wind up them. Yeah, you'd be fucking spooked by that. Mm. But do you know what, Geordie? Yeah. I have loads more things I want to talk about, but not today. I think we might have to no, do an extra dropping. We've gone over. Yeah, we might have to do the extra droppings to talk about elves, not Ulva, but <laughs> elves and sprites, which are things you can see in the sky. Really? Well, I've got all this fantastic stuff on uh, basically the godfather of American ufology, Dr. J. Yeah. Allen Hynek. But that is for extra droppings, I think. Well, well I think we're going to have to do an extra dropping. Yeah, Michelle, I think so I've too. I've got loads of more stuff to talk about. Yeah, me too. Can't shut me up. After two glasses of champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, thanks for that fucking scary story. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Even, look, even if they were doing covert drug like experiments, fucking Mm. terrifying. I know. Well, you've got a few films for your list now. I've got to watch Baby Teeth. You've got to watch. Close Encounters, and I wouldn't mind watching that again, actually. I love that film. Yeah. And what else is there? You can watch Communion. Yep, okay. With my favourite, Christopher Walken. I love him. I think he's fantastic. I think he's... More cowbell. Oh, he's wonderful. (laughs) No, he's fantastic. He's up there. So good. He's up there with the greats. What What was the other one we said? Fire in the Sky. I think I'll give that one a miss. Oh, okay. Because that was a real, that was a really uh, souped up version of that of uh that man's experiences oh. i believe and duel if you can find duel? it i think it's yeah. a, i'm not sure it's one of spielberg's best but and what was the other film jacob's ladder <gasps> now that's that is, it that's if, if you watch nothing else watch that one because to me that i watched that a few times on on video back in the day i thought it was amazing oh all right well on that note i'm gonna go off get get another glass of champagne Gonna watch. You get yourself pissed, love. Gonna get pissed and watch some movies. You'll fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Ta ta.
Bye, darling. Bye. See you next time on Eavesdropping. 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 Eaves